Welcome to my podcast, The Anti-Coach, with me, your host, Sophia Keller. My inspiration is to ignite the guru within you because you already have all of the answers. You have the answers already within you that will spark the clarity to your life's purpose. And it's not about what other people can tell us about ourselves. It's about tapping into our inherent navigation system. So each week, I'll bring you content sharing my own story and those of others who are willing to be vulnerable to share how they got to the questions and the clarity of their life's purpose. So welcome to episode one on January 1st. Happy New Year and Happy New Decade. So the big question is, why the anti-coach? And what is it about igniting the guru in each of us that I find so important and passionate? My, one of my bases is a quote from Bruce Lee, and he has many, which is, a teacher is never a giver of truth. He's a guide that each student must find for himself. So I don't know that I would say I am a teacher. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um and with the onset of this coaching industry, there are coaches everywhere. And I think it's important to realize that one of society's habits is to look externally for guidance. It's the easy way. It's like taking the pill versus changing the diet. Rather than seeking and going inside, we look elsewhere. We want someone else to tell us what to do. When you go inside and when you activate your inner navigation system, it requires connection, connection to self. Most of us have led lives for so long that we had become disconnected to ourselves. We feel numb. We tend to not even want to feel. We would rather think. If it's not logical, then it's not the right answer. However, Science is showing more and more that the heart and our gut act as brains and lead and guide us in activating those essential navigation systems within ourselves. It does help us make the right decisions. And I don't even want to say right because... We are also instructed through our spiritual growth that there is no right and no wrong. It just is. And because we are on our journey, we are constantly where we need to be. We're right where we're supposed to be. And 
we're doing the best that we can. So my purpose and my mission and my inspiration for doing this podcast is to be vulnerable with you, to share my practice, to share what what I've gone through. And, and maybe, maybe there's a couple of folks out there listening that can resonate with my story and my experience. And so far in sharing, I have found that and I have been encouraged to do this, not just from people that I meet in contact, but also through meditation. This wasn't something that I jumped to uh, and, thr- and, and, and I was extremely thrilled about. This was something that um, I know it takes, it takes work. But I'm also willing to share because I am passionate about it. So basically, my little coin phrase is this. We need to turn down the volume of life and tune in to our inner navigation system. That's just it. Life is so loud. It takes everything else and everyone else takes so much precedence that we neglect ourselves. And I think we all know that with the movement of self-love. But let's go a little bit deeper. If you want to have a life that's more meaningful and which a lot of people are thinking about, this is January 1st, so we want to, and, and it's a new decade, so we're thinking about what are the next 10 years going to bring? What, what do we want to accomplish this year? So through my experience, um, really, let's just start with my story. About mm, 15, 16 years ago now, I decided that something needed to change in my life. This was the pivotal moment where I began my conscious journey of wanting something better in my life. And it came from the result of two failed horrendous relationships. One was with the father of my two sons. The second was another six-year relationship. So the first one was nine years, almost 10. And the second one was six years. And, and, and I thought I was married. <laughs> People ask me, were you ever married? Well, I thought I was. Um, that's another story in and of itself. I'll come back to that. That was um, a lot of naivety there. However, those two relationships brought me to the point where I had to face and realize that I was the common denominator. I can't, I could not blame them. And I had to decide what was my role. And, you know, one thing that plagued me, I began thinking about this probably four years into my second relationship. And there was a, um, I think it was Maya Angelou. She said, not until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired will you make a, a change, something to that effect. And I printed that out and I put that in my cubicle as I was working in Bethesda, Maryland, 
at a commercial uh, banking institute. And I kept looking at that and thinking, why am I not sick and tired of being sick and tired yet? I mean, it was painful. There was much physical, um, uh, I should, uh, not physical abuse, but um, emotional abuse. There was some physical in the very beginning of that relationship, um, but it hadn't occurred after that. And, um, but I still stayed nonetheless. There was a lot of throwing and, um, you know, that sort of thing, a a lot of other abuse, even to the point where it affected my children. And I didn't stand up for them. I didn't stand up for myself and I didn't stand up for them. And that has been one of the heaviest burdens that I have carried. Now that was almost, uh, as I mentioned, uh, 17 years ago now or so. And I have a twinge of pain there. It might be a little bit more than a twinge. But it's not something that I haven't talked about with both of my sons. And I have forgiveness. However, it's about forgiving ourselves, right? So mostly I can say that I am have grown through that. But I know that I have to do something in my mind to give back to people to share my story, to make it worth something. It can't just go and, and be something where I was supposed to be for nothing. And so that's one of the things that uh, has motivated me and prompted my journey. And so through these years, I have learned subtly and little by little to harness my energy. So as most of us, I want to say almost all of us, uh, have either read, heard about The Secret. And I was very resistant to The Secret. I was raised as Jehovah's Witness. And many of you might gasp or sigh, but And I did for a while too. But you know what? I'm really thankful and really grateful for that solid upbringing. We did a lot of research. And so through my spiritual journey, I've done a lot of research. And that's helped me through that, giving me a good foundation and a basis because everything in spirituality is is very connected to symbolism as well. So it's important to to learn that, and that's that's another episode. So as I watched The Secret, I learned that basically how I thought, what I thought, changed the way my life would be. And that sounds simple, but that was where I started. And I started to build on that by listening to more. I wanted to research. What else does it mean? 
how else can I really do this? And so through YouTube and books, uh, I started reading. Then I went so far as to take a uh, coaching class, which was not a Groupon weekend coaching, but I took a year to research and I decided to go with a company called uh, Global NLP. And that was a company based in uh, the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. So after researching a year, I decided that I would take a trip, take that class in Amsterdam, and uh, that was a master NLP class, which is neurological linguistic programming, where we learned meta modeling and uh, we learned, you know, just really how to dive into um, and you utilize the tools for changing the way we thought. And that logical piece of it then opened me up. In eventually to the energetic part of it. And we all know now that um, science really has a been doing a lot of research on that. Single mom, two boys, uh, three and a half years apart, and they're biracial. They're grown now. And I was raised by a black man from Tennessee, the only white sibling in my family and he my dad who raised me was a black man from Tennessee married twice before and had three children uh, married to black women so having black brothers and sisters three brothers and two sisters then my mom and him were married for six years before they had children and then obviously they were biracial and I had three biracial siblings after me. So that puts us at um, eight plus one, nine brothers and sisters, and I was the only white one. So really got a very, very unique exposure to black culture, being raised in a predominantly uh, black neighborhood and going to a black school in Flint, Michigan. And then having culture shock, going to Laguna Beach, California, where my mom's oldest sister, my aunt Janet was. And um, so that just gives you a little bit foundation. Now, I'll come back and circle around to <laughs> multiple stories pertaining to my life and being raised with that that upbringing. And the unique situation of, of dating um sometimes black men who assumed that um, it was cool to talk about how they only date white women, which um, was very disturbing to me. So that's, that's a whole nother uh, story. We'll, we'll come back to that. That'll be some fun. So with all of that being said, I will also share that I had identity crisis until I was about 30, 31, 32, where I was starting to really accept my whiteness, if you will. <laughs> um, I know it sounds crazy. My biological father 
and my mom, they were both married to uh, different people, not to each other. So I was a bastard child, love child, however you want to label that. Uh, my, my biological parents were not married. Now, my mom was in a very, very abusive relationship. Um, she married him when her mother died of cancer because her father, uh, stepfather, used to rape, molest her just about every day of her life. So she really just wanted to get out of the house and she went from one abuser to the next. So upon meeting my father, my biological father, Anthony Keller, and I took his name um, later in life, Keller, and I was born Sonia Bennett, but I am now Sophia Keller. And Anthony, my biological father, was married to a woman named Stella. Stella shot and killed my dad, her husband, in January of uh, 1971. And not only did she do that, and got away with it. You know, I really don't know the circumstances around it other than she got away with it. And my mom did say that she was crazy, but I said, Mom, of course you would say that. You were the other woman. And when I went to do research for a brother of mine, a biological brother on my father's side, I learned that Stella not only had killed my dad in January, but remarried. And by September, she had shot her second husband. Not fatally this time, only in the thigh. And from that point on, I decided I was not going to look for my biological brother anymore because I had no idea what Stella would have told um, my brother about me or about the situation. In fact, my mom explained to me that after my dad was killed... Um, she reached out to my grandfather, my Anthony's dad, who was a police officer in Michigan, told her not to ever contact her again. So I do not know uh, any of my family on that side at all. And I recently got uh, 23andMe and... It's confusing. I still can't figure out um, anyone on my father's side. But again, that'll be another episode, uh, perhaps into that if I get more information. So just to give you a little bit of background so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from and what things that I've been through um, that you may or may not relate to or just find interesting and how to connect the dots of all the things that you have gone through and things that you've dealt with. There are what I call dots through life. So as you begin to see your gifts and to notice what your strengths are or patterns are in life, you begin to connect the dots. First, we have to notice our patterns in life to identify them, to notice that there's something, an area of change that needs to occur. So, of course, change is not easy 
and those around you may not even accept the change. It sounds ridiculous to to say or hear, but that is true. I've lost, um, or not to say lost, but been separated from family and friends that have not accepted not only my mistakes, but also, more importantly, my growth. So, you know, a lack of forgiveness on their part is just where they are on their journey. The important thing is for us to acknowledge our own patterns, forgiveness, and responsibility. So those are some of the things that we'll be talking about is in order to ignite the guru within ourselves, we have to first make the decision. We have to notice that something needs to change. We have to then take responsibility for that change and our our um, our actions that got us into that pattern in the first place. So we have to really accept that, forgive ourselves, and still accept ourselves. And so <clears throat> that's not to say that it just happens overnight. We know that. The constructs, the society, the pressure upon ourselves, that's all the volume of life that we need to begin to turn down the volume of. That way we can hear ourselves. That's where meditation comes in. And people say, oh, I don't know how to meditate. We're not even going to talk about that right now. There are moving meditations that you can do when you do art or sometimes just listening to the dish, uh, listening to the dishes, listening to music, doing the dishes, or being in the shower. If you notice that you're doing things without thought, that's really a, a moving meditation. It's a be, it's a beginning part of learning how to meditate. And remember, everything is about noticing, noticing. And that's where the change comes in. So what do you really want to do this year? What do you really want to do? What comes up for you without thinking about what you should do or what you're supposed to do? What do you get excited about? And I might say this as a side note. If you can't feel the excitement of something that you want to do or you find yourself shutting yourself down in your head when something bubbles up that brings that excitement, that you shut it down by saying, that'll never happen. I can't do that because of this. I can't do that because of that. Allow yourself to imagine it. Just pretend. Just pretend for a moment. Think about what if you could do it. And let's not even think about, let's even take that out. That might even be too much pressure. Let's 
think about the pretending. So just paint the picture. Pretend. What if you were building a TV show around the pretending? If that can help you visualize. Obviously, you want to be careful if you're listening to this on while you're driving. But if you pretend, maybe it'll release some of the pressure. As a child, if you can't remember yourself as a child, if you're around children, you know that they can hold their own in the imaginary area. They can pretend all day long. Maybe not so much anymore. Do kids still pretend? I know some kids still pretend, but we have so much technology. That that scares me. That That's a whole other thing. But the pretending, the creativity of using our imagination, and that's part of a type of meditation. Practicing the imagination of our mind is like a muscle. So perhaps just that little thing, so if meditation feels too heavy for you, practice imagination. Imagine your where you want to be, such as the beach or like a nature thing, not as in you're lacking, you are trying to get away from where you are, but just imagining for a moment so that you can release the stress and just practice the the imagination. And if you can begin to allow yourself to imagine and reconnect with yourself on things that make you excited from the inside and then turn that volume up and just practice that. Every day, if you can't do it every day, just notice that it's something that you want to do and that you begin to do more often. But if you know what you want to do and it just frightens you, you know there's a way. You're, you're at the point where there's a, if there's a will, there's a way, but it still frightens you and that nervousness kicks in of you don't know how to do it, but you want to do it. So each of these things are, we're not going to talk about specifics. We're going to talk about, um, and again, I'm not here to teach or preach. I'm really going to be here to share share my stories and share how I got to where I got to, um, where I am now. And one of the things that I, I will share too is, and that I think you should know is, I sold all my things a year and a half ago and I moved to West Africa, Togo. And I've been wanting to go to Africa since about 12, 13, 14. And that 
is something that I manifested. It took me a long time, but I eventually got there. I imagine myself with children and helping and living amongst the people. And that is exactly what I did. I ended up teaching hundreds of children yoga that have never done it before. Some never even heard of it. And that gave me such joy. But during that journey, the whole reason for doing it was to test my own faith on what I had learned and what I had been practicing. And without knowing anyone, I had to face all kinds of fears even the language. I didn't speak fluent French. But it was, I could have chosen Ghana, but I, it was too Americanized for what I wanted to experience. So I chose Togo. Niger, I visited Niger. Niger was, didn't have enough, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, it was it was a, a lot less developed than probably about 25 to 30 years behind even Ghana. Um, it, it's, it was very, um, that was a very difficult place for me to think about living. So Togo was it. That's where I settled. And that was... A lot, a lot of uh, faith and challenge on my part in, in terms of getting sick as well. So I'm saying all that to say... There is something about slowly and consistently harnessing your energy noticing the patterns, building the confidence and the courage and the faith that what you think produces an external result, a manifestation. And that is without a doubt something that we are all capable of on the smallest scale to life-changing transformational scales. So with that I'm going to end this first episode with a getting to know you episode about me and more of what this will be about, the anti-coach, igniting the guru in you, and sharing my story, and letting you in on my toolbox on things that help me get through the tough periods, the depression that comes with growth that people don't really talk about and um, the bliss that comes with the alignment that we are in and that we feel not only through meditation but just the pure alignment and mindset of gratitude. So happy new year and I'm wishing you all the best and please feel free to 
comment, share, and follow. And if there's anything that you want to uh, hear about, please let me know. I will be taking callers at some point and I will be doing interviews. I have several interviews that are lined up and I'm looking forward to sharing those.